have it all. I believe when you do come to God, He fills you with the Spirit of God. If you have His Spirit, you have all you ever need. But coming to the knowledge of that and understanding that and changing the old man and putting that old man to death in our minds, he's already dead. He's already useless. But we don't know that, so we learn. So we have to learn how to bring our old members, their old works, under subjection to the Word of God. That's keeping the law and keeping the letters. Carolyn says we believe we all have to go through that stage, and we do. But there comes a time where I don't, I don't, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you do not have to wrestle with some of the things that Paul was talking about through chapter seven. You don't have to wrestle with them forever. That there is a deliverance of the old man. There is a deliverance of the body of that death. God wants to deliver our bodies out of the body of this death where we're walking totally in the Spirit of God and we're not acknowledging the flesh whatsoever. Amen. That it's all God or it's not God at all. I honestly believe that. And, I, and that's what God's trying to teach us. It's either all God or it's not God at all. God's Amen. not in part. He's not divided. There's no schism in His body. There's no sin in His body. Amen. There's no guesswork in His body. But He knows what He knows. And He's trying to bring us and teach us. And that's the purpose of preaching is to bring you to that knowledge that you know that it's more than what you've got, but you know that there's more to it. And so God is trying to bring us to that place that we realize that what God has given us, we're growing in it. We're growing up unto Christ to the fullness of the stature of Christ. That though we have it all, we could still be under tutors and governors and not knowing how to walk in it. Yes. So that's what Paul knew. So when Paul was writing to the Roman church, and I'm trying to get off of this, but as Paul was writing to the Roman church, he realized he was dealing with a carnal people. In many of the places through there, he said, I have much to say to you, but you're not able to bury it. In different places through the scripture, to different churches, see, it wasn't just to the Roman church, but it's definitely that with the Roman church, he was dealing with a carnal people. And he knew that because Paul had been through all that. He had been through chapter 4 and 5 and 6 and 7. He had lived that. He knew what the flesh with wrestling against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. He knew what people were going through. And he knew if they had not had the gospel preached to them yet, they were still bound by that. Yes, amen. See, he knew that this, he was going to a more or less a new ground. He was going to a, a, the Gentile nations that had not yet had that gospel preached to them to keep them up to current with what God was doing in them. So he knew that there was much flesh still working in that church and in that body. And in that and it, and until the preached word comes to you and tells you, you never know where you're falling short. Amen. The preached word is to show us where we're coming short of the glory of God. Amen. The preached word is showing us how much more that we can obtain if we'll only apply it and walk in it. So, you know, it's not that one is better than the other because Paul put himself right in there, did he not? Who shall deliver me from the body of this dead? And so he knew that they were going to wrestle with that. And he put himself right. He said, I make myself to all things to all men that I might save some. Now, we know Paul wasn't carnal. Amen. But he's saying here, the law is holy, but I being carnal. We know in the spirit at this time, Paul was not a carnal man. He was a spirit man walking in the Spirit of God, but he knew and used wisdom in dealing with the people that had carnality in their life. And I like to hear a preacher that don't say, I thank my God I'm not like the rest of you in here, but I thank God I got it all together. I'm already there. 
I don't want to hear that. I want to hear somebody that can say, I've been there, done that, or either I'm going through the same thing you're going through with. Because that is exactly on the level that God can use somebody. When you say, I've been there, and I go through I'm going to show you why you can maybe not have to suffer as long in it as I did. That's the only thing that people should be saying that I've been there and done that. That's the only time. It's not to make themselves greater. But if we stand up here and I boast and I think, my God, I'm not like the rest of you, but I got this thing conquered. I know nothing yet as I ought to know because I've not learned the love of God. You can have all knowledge and all and have everything you think under your feet and you may have done a good job by doing that, as Paul would say, but he said, I keep my body under subjection that I might see some saved. I can, he said, bear with me in my folly because Paul was prone to boast about what God had done in him. And preachers are bound, they, they come to the place that they want to boast what God has done in them. But the true wor worshipers of God, the true workers of God, the true ministers of God will bring themselves and humble themselves down to see on your level because they've been there. They know exactly what you're suffering, what you're going through, and they care. You get somebody that don't care what you're going through, they can't help you. If they have no compassion, even though they've been there, they you could still go through that and still not have love. Amen. God could have delivered you from some things to where they don't bother you anymore, but if you don't have love, it profits you nothing because how walkest thou in love if you become a stumbling block for somebody else Amen. that you're trying to bring into that? And you can hinder other people from coming into that by making yourself something that you're not. Amen. Because the moment you try to make yourself appear to be something, Jesus says you're nothing. Because Paul said, if I begin to boast about what I am, I'm nothing because I'm not walking in love anymore. Amen. I have nothing. Immediately, we bring that judgment upon ourselves when we try to make ourselves better than the other. But Paul went on, and I love Paul's writings because I knew he saw where I was. I knew that he's been there and he had done that. I knew Paul wasn't a carnal man looking back now. Going through that, I'd try to say, well, Paul was even carnal, so it's all right for me to be carnal. <laughs> we try to justify flesh by the letter. But we forget what he's saying just prior to that. Let's start at the first chapter, I mean the seventh chapter at the first verse. And how Paul steps back at the end of the chapter. He goes, he kind of steps back to show you, but at the first he's telling you exactly where you need to be, where you should be. Mm -hmm. But then he puts himself in right back where Romans was, where the church was, he puts himself right back into the wrestling, and he uses himself as an example. Mm -hmm. But I, being carnal, and so they took it, well, he's carnal. We hear preachers say things like that, and they say, well, they're carnal. How are they going to help me? But beware. They might be just humbling themselves to the place to where they could help you yes. to show you that they may not still be there. Because Paul would say, well, sometimes we were. And he said, as many of us be perfect. That's Paul's boast in this a little bit. But he said, as many of us as be perfect, be thus-minded. He said that himself. I didn't say that. But he knew that he had the perfect will of God working in his life. And very few people can actually say that they know the perfect will of God is working in their life. And if you do, the true test of knowing somebody that the perfect will of God is working in their life is when they've humbled themselves to the level where they can minister to somebody else and help somebody else. That's the true that's a true evidence of somebody that say that they can help somebody else. 
And God knows my desire. I do not stand here to say I have apprehended. I'll be like Paul in that. I will not say that I have apprehended because I'm still learning. And I believe Paul still learned every day. that He died daily because every day we're still going to face things. But in our spirit, we have to reckon ourselves to be dead to sin. Every time you face a temptation or something comes to you or, or you're told this by somebody, you have to reckon yourself to be dead to sin, regardless of what it looks like and feels like on the outside. And so Paul teaches us how to recognize that. To reckon yourself means recognize what God, take God at His word. If He said you are dead to sin, you're dead to sin. So He was teaching them how to put on the mind of Christ to get out of the carnal mind and saying, well, woe is me, O wretched man that I am. Who's going to deliver me? Well, we know Christ came that we might be delivered. He came to deliver the whole man, not just your spirit. Amen. He didn't come just to save you in spirit. He came to make you whole spirit, soul, and body, beginning in your yes. spirit, and at the end even bringing your body under subjection to the will of God. So uh, if you get angry now, it's the anger of the Lord. There's a place where you can be angry in your flesh or you can be angry in the Lord. Amen. And it's not a sin to, to get angry. It's a sin to use it in the flesh. Get angry and sin not. You see, Jesus had emotions just like everybody else, but there was no sin in him. I'm sure Paul had anger rise up in him, but he dealt with it in wisdom to the place that it was not accounted as sin unto him. But he still walked totally in the Spirit of God. You say, how can you walk totally in the Spirit of God and still be in this natural man? Well, the natural man didn't receive it. It was the spirit man on the inside of you that receives the things of God. It's your spirit. But the spirit man on the inside of you is greater than he that is on the outside. So eventually this body is going to have to come subject to what you say. And so if you're saying I am yet carnal, then your body is not yet into the place it needs to be. It cannot come in that way. But if you say I am a spirit born, God's spirit is in me, he is in me, you're automatically bringing your flesh subject. Say down flesh, you're dead flesh. Now you have to obey the word of God and not what the flesh is telling you to do. Sounds simple. Few words, a lot of hard work when it comes to doing it in your flesh. Mm-hmm. You could say, well, yeah, that's simple to say. I remember when Brian was little and his daddy said, go up there to the top of that hill, and I've cut down some trees now up there. He said, you go up there and you roll them first trees down on that next level because it was hilly ground. He said, then you go down there and you roll that down on the next level until you can drag, then you drag them on into the house. Brian said, daddy, that's a little bit of talk, but a whole lot of work. And that's kind of the way it is. We know God's got a lot of work to do with us. We know that. We know that, that it took 40 years for Israel to get out of the sin that they were in. They, got, they were delivered from the bondage of sin, but yet the sin was still in them, so they had to deal with their selves then. Amen. Then they were dealing with the, with the world or the ones that had uh, dominion over them, which was the bondage of the law. Uh, of, the, of the world, but then when they were delivered from that, they had to deal with the bondage of sin that was in them. So we go through that, and that's what Paul was trying to tell us, Roman church. We're well, going to go through these stages. Well, you know you've been delivered from the world, that you're not in, of the world anymore, even Jesus taught us that. But then when Paul's come and said, all right, now you've been brought out from the world, and you've become the church, you've took on that name, now I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to deal with what's going on in the inside. And that's where a lot of people don't want to deal or don't want to admit that they're falling short. Yes. Most people that come to the altar and they get forgiven like a child, 
they think they're never going to face any more problems. You're, well, what do your flesh start rising up again? Because the old man hasn't quite been crucified. The way to crucify the flesh is, is, is the word preaching to you, teaching you how to bring your members subject to the yes. law of God and not to the law of bondage. So preaching keeps you current. How many of you <clears throat> have car insurance? Come on, we all have, most of us have car insurance. How many of you still have your policy? You lay it back. How many of you have license? How many of you kept your license? Might as well throw them away. They ain't no good no more. Yet we hold on to them. Well, this is a good picture. I can remember when I looked like. I remember what I went through when I. I remember how I got that license. I remember what first that time I drove this car when I had this. The memory and being mindful of that old license somehow brings back a youth and a remembrance that we can't let go of. I mean, I look how pretty I was in that picture, but wow, what happened? <laughs> that don't even look like me, but it does because in my spirit I'm still young. And I thought, man, I need to throw away these. <laughs> all of them, because all they're doing is bringing back good memories that makes me look bad. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Lord, it's the same way. Paul was trying to get them out from under their old policy, out from under the law, and they could not quite let go with it. And there's a time of the Father, when the fullness of time comes in the Father, that that, that, that old law, which is the Old Testament, it was good when it was when it was working and you know uh, we say we're not under the law and Christ done away with the law and yet he didn't destroy the law but he fulfilled it well that's exactly what he did he took the good things of this the good things of God and actually just moved over into your new policy in other words your old policy might pretty much read the same way as your new policy you got good coverage it might not have really changed a whole lot you might have a few better benefits but really, it's saying basically the same thing. This New Testament pretty much is saying the same thing as the Old Testament. Do you follow me? Yes. But with better benefits. And this policy is not to be renewed again. It is, it is forever. Yes. It didn't say Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It didn't have no promise of tomorrow uh, of having another policy. This is it, church. This is the policy that got this New Testament life is for this New Testament church. This is the current coverage that we have. And he having provided some better thing for us, this new covenant, you might as well, literally speaking, throw away the old, even though in that old may contain very much the same coverage that you have in the new. Are you understanding what I'm saying? There may be very few things that's changed as far as understanding your coverage. Same way in the new. You were promised life as long as you kept the law. You lived by the law. You had life in that. But Paul said, but at the end of that thing, what I thought to be life to me, Romans 7, I suddenly found to be death. Amen. You know what he said? I was deceived. <laughs> he believed the lie because he believed that that would make him perfect. He's putting himself on the, on the church, a carnal church level here when he said, I was deceived. Because we think the law would save us if we keep the law. I'm sorry to say, but most church members still believe that. That if they don't drink, they don't cuss, they don't run around, they don't murder, they don't steal, and they don't lie, 
and they wear this and they wear that and they go here and they go there. That's law play. That's dealing with the outer man. Has that has to do with what the law says? That's the old policy. Well, in the new policy, it really don't do away with that. It's fulfilled. Yeah. And once the old is fulfilled, you might as well throw it away because you can't go back to that. Amen. You, if you come unto Christ and you try to fall back under the law, then you make the Word of God in effect because Amen. God wants you to stay current under Him. It's a whole new policy in Him. Now, Romans 7, let's read this because I see some things in this. So this is where God set me free. This is where God began to call me into the ministry. He'd already told me. I'd already been called. But this is things that He taught me that I was going to have to teach others. And I knew that. Maybe not at the time that I went through this. I didn't know this. I don't say claim to have known it all then. But now looking back, I can see that God is using me today to, bear, to actually testify and show you some of the things that He broke the bondage of that old covenant, that old law, and brought me under current, under the new covenant. It says here, Paul said, Know you not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. Now, he's not saying I speak to a spirit-filled people. I'm speaking to the law keepers. Yes. I'm speaking to them that know what the law says. To them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Right there's the, yes. that we overlook. There's something in that. He said, as long as that man lives. Paul even went on to say, though, that live in the law must abide by the law. Amen. And they've got to keep the whole law. They can't be, break one of them. Or they're guilty of the whole thing. Did he not point all that out in his rights? All right. He said, I talked to them. He said, this is for them who know the law. How that the law hath dominion over a man. Dominion means to rule over a man. A covenant. A policy. Over him as long as he liveth. And he uses this as an illustration. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lives. Not as long as she lives, but as long as... He lives. But if she but if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. Now I'm gonna stop right there a minute. Who was ahead of the old covenant? God. Was he not? Who was Jesus? God. Did you did, did God say I'm married to the backslider? Was not our marriage taking place, so to speak, under the law? As far as the law could do? But he didn't make that woman perfect, did he? There was so much that she went out of her way. She what it, what it was that the flesh couldn't keep the law of God, and therefore it couldn't please God. So there was a wrestling. God knowing that there's going to have to be some better covenant made. He knew this. He knew this would only get them so far. But to get them on into Canaan, it took a spiritual mind. It took a spiritual getting in. Moses had the law. He was the lawgiver. He gave it to him. But because Moses was also under that law and having a word with God, he was married to that. He was one with that, with that law. So he was married to Jesus, so to speak, who was Christ was that rock, was he not? If God's God, God is God. He was Amen. God then, he was God now. It was God made that covenant, it was God that made the new covenant. It's God that made the old policy, it's God that made the new policy. He was the husband under the he was the husbandman under the old testament. He's the husbandman over the New Testament, is he not? But in order to be the husband of the New Testament, what did he have to do? 
die. Are you seeing this? Yes. So it says, as long as the husband, he liveth, she or the flesh is bound to that law so long, as long as he liveth. But if he be dead. Now Christ died so we could get out from under that. So we no longer be held in bondage to that law or that letter any longer. Now our husband died. Are you understanding spiritually speaking? Our husband died. God given him his own son, his own flesh, uh, representing the husbandman. Did it not? At that time, it represented the husband of God's children. That he come and he had to die in order for us to be saved. Even in order for them to be saved under the law, he had to die. So there's, under the law was joined in with those that are in the Gentile nations, even those that, that were heathens even could that come to believe on God, could be the wife of God becoming one. He sold it all under sin at one time, in, or even them, in order to bring us all into righteousness. And now he counts it all righteousness who come under the new covenant. Amen. And he's the husband man of us now. And he uses ministers and calling them the husband men. But in a sense, if you believe their words, you believe in God's word. Amen. The preachers, all they do is keep your policy current. They keep you up to date on what you need to do. In other words, there's a price to be paid to keep current. And that price is going to be your flesh. So that's why Paul said daily, I crucify this flesh. Even though it is written, we have been crucified with him. We have been buried with him. We have been resurrected with Him. And I'm going to take it one step further. I believe we have ascended with Him because we're made to sit in high places in Christ Jesus. Our conversation is in heaven. He told us to set our affection on things above and not on things beneath. So actually, He's trying to bring us to the place that the earth and the flesh has nothing to do with what God's yes. doing today. Yet yeah, our flesh keeps getting in the way. Why? Because our, we're still carnal. We have not got this mind of Christ to the place in us that it rules and reigns with Christ now. Yeah. It said He must reign until yes. all things are brought under His feet. Well, He has to reign in you to everything about you is brought under His feet and brought under even in your feet. Yes. So you struggle with that in your flesh. The things you want to do, you can't do. And the things you hate, you, you love. And it's just a wrestling in your flesh because by yourself you cannot, and even under the law, you cannot make your flesh subject to the law of God. You're going to break it one way or the other because the law made nothing perfect. The law could not make God a perfect wife. And when he come to, and it had purpose. I'm not saying God was ignorant of that. He knew what he was doing. But he also had a, a ram in the bush, or so to speak, a perfect sacrifice laid ahead. But it's showing us today that if we wrestle with the flesh, we're still in the old covenant. If we're wrestling, we're still, and those that have been delivered from that, Every once in a while, I'll try to drag out that old policy and look into it. And then every time you read it, you think, this thing's got the same power as that one. This old policy's got the same power, but it says the same thing. And that's where the rest of it comes in, because you see, the law and the letters is saying, you're covered in this, you're covered in this. And the New Testament, after a while, you want to say, well, if I'm covered, I might as well just go ahead and sin. God forbid Amen. God forbid, because there is no sin in him. Being the new man that we are yes. and having a new husband, there's a new and more living way, a better policy, so to speak, granted unto us to where we no longer walk beside him. We're no longer just espoused to him. 
We're no longer just saying I do, but we are. Amen. We're no longer saying I will. They changed it to I do to I will when you get married. It's no longer saying I will. Some still like, like doing that part. But there's a consummation that has to take place before it's oneness in the Spirit. And the consummation is when the law and the Spirit become one in you. The Word and the Spirit coming together in Christ that He may be Lord and ruler over all that is in heaven and all that is in earth, that there be no division and no difference. You see what I'm saying? That He's not looking at things beneath anymore, but He wants us to no longer look at things beneath that level. He wants us to look to things on high so that we can be the overcomers and reign with Him and rule with Him in this life now yes. because he ruleth and reigneth now he has made kings and priests in the ministry to rule and reign with him now and those kings and those priests and those rulers are actually teaching you how to come into this too yes. that we all be one in the sight of god and we all make up the bride of christ we all become the wife of god amen the wife of god is, is what Romans 7 is all about here. Because he said as long as you're still bound to the old husband and you're still looking at Jesus as somebody in the flesh that's not able to deliver you and not able because he was flesh, you've got to look at him and he's God all in all. That he's God, he's the only power, the only power that we can look to. We've got to look to him or we don't have no change in our hearts and in our minds. Mm -hmm. To put on the mind of Christ is to look at things the way God sees them. Yes. And when we put on his mind, our old mind is dead. We can't any longer, even though he may still try to rise up the thoughts, he said the word of God will bring every thought into subjection yeah. that rises above the knowledge of God. Amen. So he knew that those thoughts might come, but they don't have to rule and reign in Amen. your body any longer. Amen. Because you know that there's a higher calling, there's a higher gift, and there's a higher way of living. Amen. So God don't want us to any longer look back to the old policy at what I'm saying that we don't have to. The new policy says all that and son. The new policy says everything the Old Testament says only without bondage. Amen. You're in bondage in your flesh as long as you long to be married. There's, there's a wrestling goes on because you don't feel that completeness. You don't feel that finished work done in you. As long as you have a desire to be one with God, but you don't have that, you're wrestling in your flesh because there's something. You, you have a warfare in your members to go and be married unto God, but because you're married unto the law and still bound by the law, then you call, you know what he calls you? An adulteress. And the way we get to that adulteress straight is because we're double-minded. We're pulled both ways with it. We're standing in the middle. We don't know which husband to obey because we haven't realized that it's one and the same. And that the coverage is the same, even more so, even better. We have not realized that we, the law is hard for us to turn loose of that old law that we're so used to. I remember, let me read a little bit more before I tell you this. For a woman or the flesh which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. Now, it don't say that she's automatically married into Jesus, Amen. did it? But she's loosed from the law. She's loosed from the law of her. Now, she can be in that free, happy-go-lucky state, having nothing, really. Having no husband. Taking care of herself the best she can. And many people are there. Amen. 
doing it the only way they know how. They, they live lacking something in their spirit, lacking something in their fulfillment, but always going about to satisfy themselves. That's the way an adulteress does. An adulteress is not bound by no man or by no law. She goes out and she fulfills the lust of her flesh the best way that she knows how. And she says, well, I'm not married, so why shouldn't I? But in our hearts, Jesus said, if you look upon a woman to lust after in your heart, you already committed adultery. Well, adulteress is when the love of God begins to deal with your heart. You're still bound by the old policy. You can't quite let that go. You're still married to the, to the law of bondage. You're still married to your own flesh, which is going to wrestle against the pull. Hosea talked about, I will fence her in. And I will allure her. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to make her love me whether she wants to or not. And so that's what the Word of God does. Yes. You come and you fight your bondage and you're free and you don't want to get out of that freedom. As a part of you say, I don't want to be in bondage to righteous. I don't want to be in bondage to no man. I don't want to be in bondage even to God. I want it to be a liberty that I can enjoy. But after a while, when you sit under the preached Word, He begins to woo you. He begins to talk to your heart. He begins to take you at His Word. He begins to whisper things in your ear. Tell you how much He loves you. How much He needs you. How much He wants you. And what you could do if you done it together. If you stood together, how great that would be. That's what the preached Word does to the church. Yes. That preached Word, it has to be under the anointing or it doesn't work. Amen. Hey, just run this mouth. But if you... If it's under the anointing of God, you hear Jesus. You hear God speaking to your heart. And as I was reading this, listen to this. So then, while she, her husband liveth, if it's still a law, a law in your members, Warren, if she be married to another, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, if her flesh is dead, if she's been crucified with him, if she's been loosed from the old policy, then she's free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she becomes married to another. So then when you're free from the law, only then can you actually be married unto God, or else you'll be straddling the fence, so to speak. The wrestling in you is a double-mindedness. When we wrestle in ourselves, what we're doing is we're in love with the old and we're in love with the new, and we're pulled by the two lusts. We love the letter, but we love the spirit too. And so we don't know how to get free from that. And, and when we begin to wrestle with that, the adulterous mind or the divided, the division, James said, let not that man think that he's going to receive anything from God. Because the moment that you're double-minded in this and you're pulled, should I obey the flesh? Or should I obey God? Should I go by the letter? Or should I go by the Spirit? Right then when the rest of them will, will put you in a place, I'm going to have to make up my mind. It's either what I want or it's what God wants. Amen. Well, He's got a new policy, church. And He is the new husband. But He was the old husband, too. Amen. I remember going through the house. Listen to me. i got to read this verse and I'll tell you. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also have become dead to the law by the body of Christ. Because he died. That's what it means. Body of Christ was crucified, so we become dead to the law if we can receive that. Amen. 
that you that you should be married to another. You should be married to another. Paul's talking to the Roman church, your carnal people. Yes. Now you've been taken out of the old policy. You know you can't live where you was living. So now I'm trying to give you a new covenant and get it current in you to where you be married to that new husband and you're no longer in bondage, but you're under a new covenant altogether. And he says that the body of Christ that you should be married to another and it goes on and tells you exactly who you should be married to. <coughs> Even to him that is raised from the dead, that you should bring forth fruit unto God. You see, you cannot bring forth fruit. There's no increase as long as you're wrestling. Mm -hmm. As long as you're pulled both ways, you're not really submitting to either one. Am I right? You're not really the wife of either one when you think about it. Because you can be called the wife you said I'm married. God said I'm married unto you. But they were backslidden so wasn't committed to anybody and that's where Jesus had to come to bring that commitment back the husband had to die and cause I remember I was walking through the house one day and I had been seeking the Lord and the Lord had been pouring this word on me and, I, and not this this was something totally new and uh, he'd been giving me the word he'd showed me dreams and visions even what he was calling me to do and I remember walking through the house, totally caught me off guard. wasn't even really thinking about anything. But I remember walking through the from the living room into the kitchen, and I was going through that doorway, and the Spirit spoke to me and said, you should be married to another. I, my mind did not go carnal. My mind did not go to no man. My mind did not even think anything else but said, it humbled me. My, I knew then, between me and God, something was missing. And I began to pray and I said, in my spirit, I said, but God, I thought I was already married to you. You see, under the law, we think we already had it together. If we keep, Some people today in the religious realm think they're already married to God, but their policy is dead and they're still holding on to it and they don't realize it, that they're holding on to the dead flesh. And that dead policy is no good to them anymore if it is taken out of the way. And Jesus has already said it. Paul wrote to, to them and said, it is taken out of the way to make room for the other. Amen. Is that not what he said? The old has to be taken out of the way in order to make room for the new. Amen. So throw them old license away. Don't live in the past. I'm talking spiritually speaking in your mind. Don't live in the past of what you think you had at one time. Because when you do that, you begin to... I was on I said, Lord, I thought I was already one with you. I thought I was already married. And I remember just going upstairs and falling on my knees. I said, Lord, I'm not coming out of here until I know that I am made one with you. I am not coming out of this room until you give me an answer to tell me exactly what you want me to do. And I remember falling on my knees and like it was when I got saved, I could be here a while. That's the same thing I thought when I dropped on my knees to, to repent. I could be here a while because I made up my mind I was not leaving to God done a work in me. And that's the same thing I went through when it brought me out from under the law into the Spirit. And, and He began to teach me. And He didn't jump on me. He didn't say, well, you wasn't married to me. You see what I'm saying? He didn't say, well, I didn't say you wasn't. I didn't say you was. But there's a growing process here. I'm learning this. And I just bowed down and began to pray. And he said, rise up and wash your face. Mm -hmm. And that meant a fast. 
For seven days I fasted and God began to show me that new birth, that new birth of Christ being that word, not just being conceived, he had been conceived already in me. I'd already heard the word. I already knew the word was in me. He had been putting that word in me. The seed had been sown. But he said, now in order to bring forth fruit, I have to teach you and let you know you're no longer bound by the letter or the law. Your husband died for you. He gave his life for you. You should be recognizing now that if you're married to me, you're married to another under a new covenant. We're renewing our vows, so to speak. There's not another marriage to go into. There's just a renewing of our vows. And in other words, that's what hurt me. I felt like my husband is saying, well, this thing ain't working. Can you imagine somebody that you really love? I mean, Ashley, how would you feel if, if Kenny out of the blue just looked at you and said, this ain't working? It would devastate you. That's the way I felt when God said, you should be married to another. And I'm thinking, but Lord, I've been married to you. You don't, you don't see that? I thought I was one with you. Because in my spirit, I felt like I was doing all that I could possibly do to serve the Lord. That there was nothing else I could do. I prayed. I fasted. I went to church. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I did do what he said. And I, I kept that to the best of my ability. But he was saying, that's not good enough. That's not what I We need a renewing of our vows. So a new marriage took place and it was like, it wasn't Christ in me was crucified too. That It's Christ in you that has to be glorified too. It's Christ in you that's crucified. It's Christ in you that's buried. It's Christ in you that's the hope of being resurrected. It's Christ in you that you'll be with Him forever. That there's a oneness that cannot be broken ever again because there's never going to be another renewing of those vows. Once and for all, He's took you for better or for worse. And at the time, under the law, we were worse than what He took us for. But under the new, we're better than what we take Him for. Amen. He sees more of us, better in us, than what we see of ourselves. Amen. So it had to humble. It humbled me. And I began to pray. And, I, I said, and after that, I remember sitting Indian style in the middle of the bed. And I saw this baby moving down. And I screamed and I saw that baby's head in the spirit. It's a spirit thing, church. It's, it becomes all spirit after a while to where you, your flesh is going to feel it. Your flesh is going to live it. Your flesh is going to suffer it. But it is a spirit thing that God's trying to do in the church even today. Yeah. God's trying to get us out of the flesh, get our mind off the flesh, get our mind totally upon Him. And I remember that baby, seeing that baby's head fall into the birth canal to the point that when it snapped in that birth canal, I screamed screamed as loud as I could scream with joy and with pain because I knew what was coming. I knew what God was showing me. The family run in, thought I was going crazy. Are you all right, Mom? I said, I'm fine. And God spoke to me before they come in. He spoke to me. He said, now nothing will stop it from coming forth. And what he was showing me, that once that baby is conceived in a Christ in you, the hope of glory, once that word takes root in you, and it's grounded in you. And it, it's, yes. it's helping you to time of the Father to come forth. And when time and fullness of time has come, she brought forth that man-child. And that man-child was the Word coming out of her. Yes. That's what ministry is all about. Yes. When, that, when that fullness come, God was saying, there's nothing going to stop what I put in you from coming out. Mm. That's what I was seeing. 
that it was going to be Christ doing the work. It wasn't going to be me anymore, but it's going to be Him. Yes. And even in that, we start as babes, but we grow up into that to where in the grace and the knowledge and learning how to walk in that. But that was just for calling me into the ministry. You have to fulfill that law to the old law is no good. The time of the fullness of the time of the Father will do away that in you to where you're married, renewing your vows under the new covenant, the new testament. But in between that is the wrestling, the straddling, the, the wrestling in your mind. We've all been there. Yes. We've all gone through that now. And if you ain't, you're going to. Because there is a wrestling that must take forth between spirit and flesh till Christ comes and He does the work. He's the one that has to tell you you're free. He's the one that has to do that. You can't say, I thank my God I'm not like it. I got the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can't do that. It don't work. He does the work. And once He does the work, it's an omen. It's not a... You may rejoice later, but have to believe me at the time when He does that work in you, it's going to humble you like yes. never before. When the Lord comes and He shows you something better, that humbles you because you thought you was already doing the best you could. <laughs> Amen. Can anybody identify with what I'm talking about here yes, today? Amen. Have any of you experienced some of this? I'm sure you have. If not on the, on the full level to the point that I'm talking about, but in part you have went through this. You know exactly till you birth a work, till you birth a, a solution to a problem. We all go through the rest of them how to deal with a problem and then we realize the only way to deal with it is give it to God and then we see it come to pass. Yes. That happens on a daily basis. That's why Paul said I die daily. That happens daily with us. But we can no longer go by the old man. We can no longer go by the old policy. We no longer can go by the old mind or the old man. Or the flesh. It has to be by the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. And that is your victory. Romans 8, it says, Now there is for therefore. Therefore, now there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. In other words, you're no longer walking by the law. You're no longer being led by somebody reading you the law, but you're walking in Christ. And therefore, all the condemnation of that adulterous stage is taken away. All the wrestling, really all the wrestling is taken away. It may come against you, but it don't reign there anymore. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, what he says after this. Before it reigned there and lived there and you didn't know it. Paul was writing to the Roman church that did not know that they were full of bondage of the law. They didn't know they had sin in them. But believe me, when Paul gets through with you, when the Lord gets through with you, and brings this out. You're going to realize, Lord, I know nothing yet as I ought to know. That I'm just a babe. I honestly believe this with all my heart from experience. That every time God shows you something, it makes you feel like you didn't do a thing. Amen. It doesn't do away with that. You have learned and it was good for its time. But every time God gives you a new revelation or a depth in His Word, and there's a deeper Word coming... And I, we, we are searching out the depths of God's Word. We're searching out. The Spirit searches out, yea, even the deep things of God. So as you grow in this, each time you come to a revelation of a depth, you feel like, Lord, I have been ignorant. I've been deceived. I've been dumb. Well, no. It had its purpose and it had its time and it had its place. Yes. Oh, I love this. I hope you got something out of it. I'm just thankful. Maybe we get on into Romans 8 next time. But I, I just I just wanted to read how Paul 
showed them the solution before he showed them their problem. He didn't give them the problem in Romans 7 first. He showed them the solution and how they was going to, what was going to have to be done, what was going to have to be done in order for them to be able to overcome when he showed them the problems that they would be going through. So he said, so when you were in the flesh, the motions of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Paul said the law came, commandment came, sin revived and I died. So the law just made him worse. That's what he's saying. It, I was deceived. I thought it was going to bring me life to keep the law. And that's what a lot of people still think. They think as long as they go by that old policy, they're covered. I'm sorry, the old policy's dead. Might as well throw it away. You can't please God. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen. Those that are under the law cannot please God. Those that are still living under the law as thinking they're going to please God through their flesh by keeping the law, it is impossible because the law is not of faith. Amen. Moses went beyond the law, had faith in God even before the law came. That was his righteousness. His righteousness was by also being the lawgiver and believing, but he, it was because he believed God. Even believed God without the law. Amen. He believed God with the law. But yet his flesh been weak, messed up, that he didn't get to enter into that rest, that, that land of Canaan, that rest, that place where God has already brought us if we're walking in the Spirit of God. We're already living in the Canaan life, in the kingdom life. That's all it meant. We're living in the kingdom to where we have life in this body, in this flesh, so to speak, but it's... A whole different thing. There's no back. There's really what it was to, it, it was a natural place is what I'm saying. So it's going to be a natural, literal thing that we're going to face that in our bodies. But we're not worn after the flesh anymore. We, we don't war with, we're not tempted of evil anymore is what I'm saying. If, if God can't be tempted of evil, then we come to the place that we're not tempted of evil anymore. If it rises up, like a temptation, we with the Spirit have learned how to bring it subject to the law of God instead of the law. We, we have learned how to bring down those thoughts under subjection to the Word of God. Yes. Some are able to, some are not. But nevertheless, God's doing the Word. Amen. He's still teaching. That's why He's still preaching. That's why you still have teachers. That's why you still have preachers. Because some still lack the ability on how to do that. And number one thing is being subject. Being subject to Christ. And he's trying to say, not in the oldness of the letter, right here. But now we are delivered from the law. That's plain talk. We are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held. We were held bondage under that law. Yes. That we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Then he goes in and what shall we say then? Shall we see it? God forbid. He goes on in then showing exactly where the Roman church was 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 wrestling with and what they needed to be done. And it, then he said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Amen. I dare say we already resurrected into life with him now. Paul was saying, I want to know him in the likeness of his resurrection. So he was trying to bring this people. you got to die out to sin in that law first or you'll never know what it's like to walk in the likeness Amen. of his resurrection. Oh, church, we've been blessed. God's been good to us, hasn't he? Amen. This church has been blessed with the Word of God. 
And actually, as Paul said, oh man, thou art without excuse. We know what the law says. We know where we stand. I don't think there's a one in here that don't know exactly where they're standing with the Lord, to whether there's areas in their life that needs to be worked on, if they're truly married unto God yet, or if they're just espoused to Him. But nevertheless, it will come to the place that God's saying, now you're going to have to accept. Are you going to get rid of the old policy and walk in the new policy? In order to be currently covered, we're going to have to go away with the old in order to walk in the new. And that's a hard thing to do sometimes. Get rid of them old license. Get rid of them old car insurance policies that we put back because they're dead. They're not covering you anymore. They're no good. Amen. Same way with the law. It's no good over you anymore. You can't, you can't, Paul warned, you can't go back. If you leave Christ, go back under the law. Actually, that's what making the Word of God none effect is. That's what it's all about. What Christ has done for you is just no good anymore because you have left him. That's a backslider. A man that's filled with his old ways or his own ways is backslidden in heart. You can be backslidden in heart and not even realize you are if you're full of your old ways. Amen. That's scripture. That's not my opinion. God forbid that I have an opinion. But I'm going to give you what the Word says. But if Christ has made you the new man with a new policy, with a newness of heart, newness of mind, newness of the Spirit, that you're no longer in bondage to the law of the letter, that you're walking in the newness of His Spirit, with a new husband, renewed your vows, same husband, just renewed him, renewed him. In other words, made him know what it was like to die in the flesh for you. He loved you that much. He wanted you to be his wife that much. That he died so that you wouldn't have to, that you would live and be in him. Because when he died, if you love him, you died with him. What he suffered, you suffered. What he goes through, you go through because you love him. And it's much easier when we go through that with Him than it is without Him. Under the law, you're totally alone. Every man give an account of his own deeds done in the body, whether in the law or even in the Spirit. We give an account of how we treat the Word of God. And many people treat Jesus kind of shallow. Taking Him for granted. He might come to you like He did to me. It's time you renewed your vows. But Lord, I thought I was already married. Well, I didn't say you wouldn't, but it's time for renewal. Renew that mind. Yes. Get your mind off of the past. Get your mind off of the old covenant. Get your mind off the law. Get your mind off of what you have to do to get this done. Just be subject to me and get your mind on me and I'll yes. bring it to pass. You give up your old ways, your old name. It's no longer, you're not even living off of your old license anymore. You're living off of His. Because you've been made one with Him. It's not a separated thing anymore. I love y'all. Pray for me that God will finish a work here at Liberty Tabernacle and all of us and that we will be the woman that He can glory in. That's what I want for all of us, that we can be the very flesh of God that He can find glory in and use in this latter time and be proud to call us the bride of Christ or the wife of God. Thank you for everything. I'll turn it back over to Brother Mike.